Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz, I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean! I'm here. You're <laughs> You're here. After a very rough week, you're here. Yeah, it's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. I I know. I, the week happened. It, it, it exists. <laughs> it was painful. I, I know I had to come down on you for a couple of days after the fact, but then after that, I, I stopped poking the bear. Well, I just I just went in straight up not respond mode. <laughs> <laughs> it felt good for a minute, though. It, it really did. See, see, and, and spoiler alert, we all know the Ravens lost, and Tyler's a big Ravens fan, but, you know, I, I got to say, you know, so for for as long as I've known you, and the reason I, I go so hard on that when the Ravens get eliminated from the playoffs and whatever the case may be, the reason I do, for as long as I've known you, okay, and this is, we're talking five years, I have had to eat consistently the fact that the Ravens have won two Super Bowls and the Minnesota Vikings have not won a Super Bowl. And this has been a consistent thing throughout our entire well, friendship. What, what's what's funny is, because um, you, you always go to, go to the, your instant go-to of, uh, I never stopped talking about a Super Bowl, which actually, in the grand scheme, isn't true. Oh come no, on! No, 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 no! Come me, on! Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> um, like whenever I'm talking anything, no, this that that bowl was eight years ago. Who, who gives a fuck at this point? But I only bring it up because it eats you up that the Vikings don't have one. That's the <laughs> only reason. Like, like had the Vikings have a bowl, you you never hear me even talking about it because it gets so far along ago. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But. It just there's that little bit that just got, like I grind your teeth a little bit. See, sometimes. see, the, when the Vikings win a bowl, I'm I'm waiting for that moment because I'll be able to go, oh, okay, now you can't even say, well, my team has a bowl and your team does it. <laughs> but like, you know, but it was like, as we're doing the podcast, like I, I I never really bring up um Ravens and, and the Super Bowls unless there's something relevant to like when we're comparing it to. But, God, I guess it's so long ago, but. I know it eats you, so I, I just I stick with it. I just and I can't I I can't in good conscience. I just can't sit here and go. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. I I have to be like ha. You fucking got eliminated. <laughs> I I just I have to. It, it's it's just well, one of those things. And and I know that like especially like the the year the Ravens do win another Super Bowl because eventually it will happen. But the year the Ravens do win a Super Bowl, I'm just you know that whole year I'm not gonna hear the end of it. That whole year, you're going to be like, my team's the champions. Well, like, no, it's, no. It's funny. Um, I don't know if I've ever, ever told you this, but um, so, what was it, 2017 playoffs? Yeah. That the uh, Minneapolis Miracle year, 17? Mm-hmm. So, that next week, I was on, as you call it, on one of my many many vacations. Yeah. I was watching the uh, Vikings-Eagles game on a cruise ship. Yeah, get, watch them get blown out. And uh, I purposely paid for the Wi-Fi plan for that day only. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm watching the game, and the Eagles are doing their thing. That was a bad. That was a bad game. Yep. And I'm texting like we're you're, we're messaging back and forth, and like I'm I'm sympathizing with you, like talking about how oh man, like I'm sitting here dying laughing, trying to pretend I give a fuck about the like <laughs> you're such a because I was loving it. Oh God! I, I'm sitting there like Eagles scored touchdown goal like 17 or whatever it was. Like like I need another drink. This is great. <laughs> 
Well, in any case, we we've got uh, we're down to the final four, Tyler. We're we're sitting here in the final four. You've got uh, you, you, we, let's see, we've got the Buccaneers and the Packers in the NFC Championship game, AFC title game. You got the Bills returning for the first time in a long time, and uh, it's the Bills and the Chiefs. So that'll be an exciting game. Um, I, I think both these games are going to be rock solid. I think one game is going to be a, a little more of a blowout than the other. It depends. And well, and and I, I I'm hoping you know I, I'm gonna let's let's go through the scores and then we'll get into our our predictions and stuff like that. But um, let's let's go into to the scores from the divisional round. So here are your scores from the divisional round. First and foremost, Packers and the Rams. The Packers beat the Rams thirty-two to eighteen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and company dominates, absolutely dominates this game. Um, there, there was no doubt about it. The Rams defense, they couldn't, uh, you know, th- it wasn't the same Rams defense that we saw the week prior. The Rams could not get pressure on Aaron Rodgers all game long. And part of part of that too was, um, and they, they they may not ever admit it, but Aaron Donald missing about half the snaps told me that he was not healthy. Yeah, he wasn't healthy. He didn't look good. Morgan Fox did get to, to Rodgers a couple of times and, and cause some pressure, but um, I mean, just the, the the Rams just they looked lethargic. They looked lost. Um, Jared Goff, I mean, obviously still ailing from that thumb injury. He didn't look very good. Uh, Robert Woods came alive at certain points during the game, and and to me, the Rams they he's a receiver that they don't utilize enough. Robert Woods. Um, they, they should be utilizing him more. They, they utilize him a little bit more, but not, not to the extent that they should have with, with uh, Cooper Cup being out. Um, it, it was just a rough outing, and, and the Packers looked strong. They, they looked very strong. Aaron Rodgers looked good. Um, but, he, but they have utilized Woods all year, though. He, I mean, he, they utilized him as their one. Well, here's, here's what, and I, I disagree with that. So Double uh, Cup yards. Well, here's the thing. Well, Cup was out for part of the season, but, but Woods... The, the big thing about Woods is they were using him in a lot of run packages. They were using him, um, and, and Woods would come alive in, in a lot of uh, red zone situations where they would they would do the double reverses, and Woods would, would you know run the ball in off the edge. And the only reason I know that, and, and I know about his numbers, is because I had him in fantasy. <laughs> and he was great in fantasy. He was great in fantasy. Decent amount of touchdowns, but yardage-wise, I Robert Woods wasn't all there and I, the Rams didn't utilize him to the extent that they should have used him. Um, there were a couple a couple of weeks where he had you know yards in the teens in the 20s you know he, he wasn't he wasn't producing the way I, that, I think part of that just the Rams have been inconsistent this year. Yeah and they, they have been. It, it, the story for them has been more about the defense um, but the in the offense kind of looked lethargic. Because Cup was shit all year too. I mean, he never really crossed 50 yards once. No. So I mean, it, it, I had him in fans. That's why. That's why I'm, I'm yep. shitting all over Cup right now. Yep. Um, and, and the Rams will have uh, more to talk about this offseason, but the Packers do advance. Uh, the the story of, of this game is Aaron Rodgers just having just doing what he does. That's that's what it comes down to. It's Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. Um, and and the Rams get eliminated. Uh, next up, you got uh, the. We'll go to the other NFC one, the, the Buccaneers and the Saints. The Bucks beat the Saints. Kind of an upset here. Uh, Drew Brees is um, he he looked rough in this game. Couldn't get Michael Thomas going. The Buccaneers they made a very strategic, concerted effort to take Michael Thomas out of that game. Michael Thomas did not record a single catch all game. So that that tells you what this Bucks defense is capable of. And. This is one of those games where the Bucks defense won this game. Oh yeah, Brady didn't win this game. I agree. 
Um, Brady's numbers were, were very um, average to under average. Yep. Um, barely over 50% completion rating, under yeah. 200 yards. At, at one point, he was 11 for 22, and we were we were sitting in the fourth quarter. And I remember I, I sent that stat to you when when I was sitting there going, man, he's 50%. When you're when you're when the, when the other team throws four interceptions, I hope you win that game by two possessions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bucks' defense was was phenomenal in this game. Devin White, in particular, uh, no, uh, Devin White's so good. He, so good. he was he has been fantastic this this whole playoff run. He has been one of the, uh, their star guy, really. Um, and and some poetic justice. Yeah, yeah, the fumble that got recovered and and just shout out to Antoine Winfield Jr. He said he went on Twitter after this game after recovering that that game sealing fumble and said uh, this one's for my dad from back in '09. From when the Saints had bounty gate going, so I, I was very excited about that. Obviously, his dad, the former corner for the Vikings, so I already like that kid. I, I, I already love him. Um, and, and Tom Brady, he didn't look like Tom Brady, but that Bucks defense is terrifying. Um, it's going to be a good matchup because the Bucks defense is hot. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers yeah. are hot, and it worked. Um, Brady didn't need to, and and, and, that's, I'm not, and I'm not. That's not to say that Brady hasn't been good because the last the last third of the season, Brady looked lights out. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him that. But in this game in particular, he didn't look good. He looked rough. He, the, the big thing about Brady is that, well, he didn't look good. I, I can't sit here and say he looked great. 18 for 33 for 199 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, I can't say that he looked great. One big thing about Tom Brady, though, throughout that game, even though he was not playing his best ball, he was making some key throws when key throws needed to happen. Oh, yeah. And it, it wasn't a situation of, of, you know, Tom Brady driving down the field like Aaron Rodgers, 300 yards in the game and whatever the case. But when that, that critical third down came, Tom Brady was, was like, all right, here, I'll, I'll make that nine-yard throw and extend this year drive. You know, and, and it happened, and he, he made some good plays. Mike Evans still looked decent in this game. He, or he was getting open. or I'm not Mike Evans, I'm Chris Godwin, rather. Uh, look good in this game. Cameron Bray again, again, you know, leads the league, league or leads the team in receiving. Um, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones combined for 120 yards on the ground. I mean, they didn't look bad. But take a look at these. These are the the key passes I'm talking about. Scotty Miller, one reception. How about 29 yard reception? You remember that play? That was on a critical third down. Tyler Johnson, one reception, 15 yards. Remember when that play was made? Gronk's was a good play, too. Yep, Gronk. I mean, in, in one reception, 14 yards. Antonio Brown, one reception, 10 yards. All of these receptions were on critical downs where they needed to make a big play and, and get uh, get the first down. And the big stat here is, to me, there are only two catches combined between Brown, Evans, and Got. Oh, no, never mind, not Godwin. Godwin was at the top. I, I missed him. But Evans only had one catch. Brown, Evans, and Gronk. He had three catches. Yeah, throw Gronk in there. Yeah, and and the one Mike Evans catch was a touchdown, but it was he was he only had three yards on the day. I mean, but if you look at, at some of these catches that he there's passes that Tom Brady completed, 10, 14, 15, 29 yards, single throws that extended drives, key plays that extended drives. That's what matters. Even Chris Godwin only had 34 yards, but he did have four receptions on the day. You divide that up; those are key plays. Mm -hmm. Cameron Brait, he only had four catches on the day for 50 yards. So that means that every single catch that he made went for a first down. Yeah, think about that. I mean, those, those were the the types of plays that Tom Brady was making. Did he look lights out in this game? No, but he was getting it done, and and you could tell he was getting it done. And the Saints, it was funny. Drew Brees performed about the same. 
134, a touchdown. The only difference is Drew Brees threw three picks, and and then they had to the fumble to end the game. But three three interceptions on the day, and they they let you know Traquan Smith sort of run free. He had three catches, but it was 85 yards. They were just letting him get get catches down the field, big catches, two of which went for touchdowns. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders. They but they they completely took Michael Thomas out of the game, and that was one of the key things that they had to do, and they did it successfully. Um, so I, the Bucks win this one, 30 to 20. Bucks advance to the uh, NFC title game. Over on the AFC side, we'll start with the Browns and the Chiefs. Chiefs beat the Browns, 22 to 17. Um, this one, it, it it was kind of a lot here. <laughs> it looked like um, a rocky fight. It, it was, and, and the reason I say that is the Chiefs were pounding the Browns. They were pounding them early on, and then. Mahomes goes down, well, and the Browns start fighting even back. Even before that, though, it shouldn't have been a pounding because the Browns got robbed right. on that call. Yeah, they did. It should have been first down on the one there. So for, for those of you who didn't watch, and I, I'm sure a lot of you did, but there's a play down the field. I forget who the receiver was. Um, the Browns receiver dives for the end zone and takes a helmet-to-helmet shot from a Chiefs player. Causing the fumble. Causes a fumble at the one-yard line. The The ball then rolls into the end zone, out the back of the end zone. It's a touchback. It goes to the Chiefs um, at the 20-yard line. First of all, let me unpack this. Number one, helmet-to-helmet shot should be reviewable. And, yep. and you know, because I understand that they're bang-bang plays. You're not always going to see everything. But when a player leads with the crown of the helmet, that's, that's a problem. It should have been Brown's ball at the one. And and that's I, I stand on that. Number two... I don't like the idea of the, oh, fumble the ball out the back of the end zone, it goes to the other team. No, that's like a turnover. That means yeah. they, they, they didn't even have to work for like an interception or anything like that. That's a bullshit rule, and that rule needs to go. Um, I, I just, I don't like that that fumble out the back of the end zone touchback rule. It's garbage. It's been a bad rule for a while now. We've seen it come into play several times throughout the last several seasons. It's a bad rule. It really is. It should just go back to the, because to, I know if, a fumble happens forward, um, and it's picked up. It, it, they do move it back to where the fumble actually occurred. It actually took place, which is yeah. what they should do in this case. Right. I mean, I, I don't I don't buy this rule, and and it, it's nonsense. And I, I I've been talking about this since the Tuck rule. Um, you know, I, I had the same the same overall feeling about the Tuck rule. You know, this is just a bad, stupid rule, and it is a bad, stupid rule. It's been a bad, stupid rule. So that way in college too. I don't think it's that way in college, but it's a bad rule. It needs to change. It really does. It needs to change. And and a lot of people say, you know, I, I understand there's a lot of folks up out there that go, well, don't fumble the ball. Okay, well, I get it. Don't fumble the ball. But when you're getting hit illegally with a crowd on the helmet, helmet to helmet, dirty hit, that should have been Brown's football at the one. And the penalty should have been called. These are these are the reasons we say that, that these rules should be reviewed. And they should be reviewable. Helmet-to-helmet shots should always be reviewable um, by the booth, um, whether in, you know in New York or by the referees. They they need to look at it and and say, hey, what happened here? What, like, what, what it, caused this? Those personal fouls should be reviewable because those are ones that get you ejected from games. And realistically, uh, I, I'm I'm amazed that that this isn't reviewable because it was a turnover. It was considered a turnover. So because if it's considered a turnover, aren't all turnovers supposed to be reviewable anyway? So so they should have, have reviewed this and said, that's wrong, this is Brown's ball at the one. I, I just, I don't agree with the rule. It's a bad rule. The penalty should have been called. 
Um, it, it's just a bad situation. Um, so, so the NFL needs to go back and look at it. Then, you know, and then and you have the same situation with the catch rule too. You know, the, the completing the process of the catch. The the league had to define that, and and the league had to change their stance on it because there were so many problems with that completing the process type of situation. There were so many problems with that rule that entire season that people had that an issue. Ninety nine percent of America goes, "That's a catch." Why are we not calling it a catch? Right. What's and going on here? Exactly. And and you know the the main the 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 process per se changed. Yeah. It, it has changed since people were standing there going, well, "What in the hell are we talking about?" So that that needed to change. Um, the Browns didn't look half bad in this game. The, they looked rough at the beginning, and then they came out. Mayfield, 23 for 37, 204. He did have a touchdown. Chubb was held in check, sort of, um, but he only had 13 carries on the day. But Chubb had 69 yards. Uh, he, he averaged 5.3 yards. They, they needed to get him and Kareem Hunt going. They didn't do that they as well. They fell behind early is kind of what happened. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, oh, there's the receiver. Rashard Higgins was the guy that got hit. Um, on that dirty hit. Uh, Landry, it's, it's kind of funny, Landry had so many short passes, he only did seven passes for only 20 yards. Very yeah, it was weird. Um, David Njoku came alive a little bit in this game, which was, I mean, he made some spectacular catches. Uh, he had four catches, but uh, all of them were just pretty. They were just pretty. I, I remember I, I messaged you going, guys going, man, that guy's underrated. Um, he's played better than Hooper. And uh, they need to start utilizing and joking more and, and put more faith in him. Um, Kareem Hunt did have a touchdown on the day. I mean, the, the Browns, they, they, they played all right. And Chad Henney came in in relief of Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes goes down with a concussion. The hit was clean. It was a clean hit. Yeah. Um, There's some after-the-play shenanigans I saw in a couple of videos that looked a little sketchy. Yeah. But, but ultimately, it was a clean hit. Um, Really, the, the story here is is Chad Henney comes in. He, he did throw a pick at one point, but he had that game-winning first down to, to polish this one and off. It's one of those plays that you got to talk about Andy Reid being one of the greatest head coaches of all time. Here. That man has a, a set of brass balls. There is are, not many coaches oh that would have gone for it in fourth down where the opposing team is going to be able to drive to score to win the game, not tie it. In your territory. With a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Chad Henney makes a beautiful throw, gets away with it. Andy Reid risks it all and and gets away with it. Um, I, I mean, it was just it was a beautifully run play. It really was. It was really well done. Um, and and the the problem for the Browns there. And and I, I got to tell you, Chad Henney, uh, that final run that he made, that oh, that third down that one, that third down run. It was a, a, a third and 15, and they just let him do what he wanted to do and, and just let him run down the field uncontested. The, de- the defense handled all the receivers. I mean, Kenny had no one open. Yeah. He's like, well, I guess if we're going to do this, we're going to do this my, on the only way I can. And he almost got the first down on that play. That was the, the crazy part. I, I just And you know what? Daryl Williams, let's, let's talk about this guy. I don't understand what in the hell... You know, like, you, you picked up Clyde Clyde Edwards-Hellaire. Clyde Edwards-Hellaire is a change of pace back. Why in the hell were you starting Edwards-Hellaire all season over Darrell Williams? Because Darrell Williams put up 13 carries, 78 yards, and a 6 average. Where was Hilaire in this game? He was out. He was injured. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, uh, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hellaire, he's a change of pace guy. That's what he's always been, change of pace. So I, I don't understand why they said, oh, well, he's going to be our starting guy. No, Darrell Williams should be your starting guy. You always, and that's an Andy Reid um, uh, thing, 
is, oh, I, I want that big bruiser up front, you know, hammering guys, and I want, you know, my no, nice change Andy, of pace the, guy. The uh, Andy Reid thing is, it doesn't matter if you if you have a if you're a living, breathing person, I can make you a top ten running back. I guess. I mean, <laughs> well, we didn't see that out of Edward Teller this year. He had the two, three great weeks in the first. Well, it's of the, the year. first time they drafted one high. Like, you know, they're they're just they went out of their way to use them. Yeah, and I, I don't understand why they drafted him so high. If you were going to draft any running back in that situation, I would have I would have gone, you know, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, any Taylor of those Swift, guys. Dobbins, Akers. Yeah, I would have gone Pick with one. any of those guys. I mean, all those backs are, are better than Hilaire. Yeah, and and I got to just point out, Cam Akers, absolute stud, mm-hmm. by the way. I, I We didn't get to give him enough credit, but no, Cam Robinson, Akers. too. Robinson's freaking six yep. rounder. Yep. So, I mean, they, they, we didn't we didn't give give uh, uh, acres acres enough love there in, in the Rams situation we didn't we didn't give him that so he had a slow start but he heated up yeah after week eight he was a monster so I I mean we didn't give cam acres enough love on uh, the last segment because he had a very good game but the Chiefs win this one 22 17 it was a tight one a uh, lot of lot of um, a lot of back and forth. A lot of a lot of people thought that, that the Browns could have pulled this one out. I was getting excited because I thought I was we were too. I, I thought we were going to see Browns Bills in the AFC title game, but at the end of the day, Browns dropped this one to the Chiefs. Uh, going into next season, do you think Browns have a chance? Do you think they're going to continue this upswing of momentum? I, I think they do. I think I think it continues. Yep, I, I hope it does for their sake. I, I always like the Cleveland Browns, and I'm I'm excited for them. And last but not least, the uh, Buffalo Bills beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-3. Lamar had a rough game, goes down with a concussion in this one, a lot to unpack there. Um, It it wasn't a situation where the man just had to pull the game. I don't want to say early, but um, basically the whole fourth quarter. Yeah. It was right after the uh, pick six. Yep. So it was kind of like, it was just kind of doomsday. Yeah, he, and he the, ate it. Yeah, the score on this one doesn't exactly tell the tale of the game because theoretically, if we're, talk, um, we're talking how these defenses did, it was a 10-3 game. Yeah, the, the defenses the, played... Both sides made both offenses look like dog shit. Yeah, they, they both had lights-out defense. Um, the, the big the big one was the pick six in the end zone. Buffalo gets the big big interception, 101 yards in the end yep. zone, takes it all the way back for a touchdown. Uh, and that seals the game up. Yeah, and that pretty much sealed it because on the next play, on the next drive is when Lamar went down. It's like, okay, there's no way Hunley's not going to bring us get it. Hunley, however, mm-hmm. um, he came in and played some I, good ball early. And on. I, I had mentioned in weeks prior that Hunley runs the the, the, the Lamar Ravens offense better than McSorley and RG three. Yeah, and combined. He, and he didn't, you know, have anything to write home about. Six for thirteen for sixty yards. He, it, it, you know, he was under fifty percent completion percentage. But when he initially came in on that first drive, I started going, huh? It was third and fifteen. It was like third. It, it was like the like the, the uh, Henny running away. They're yeah. on our goal line. Yeah. Third and fifteen, first down. All of a sudden, like, I'm like, I was thinking like, good run, but no, this, this I already knew. Yeah, over. yeah. He he came out firing though, and and you couldn't help but be impressed. And and. The, the Ravens running game, you know, they, they split a lot of carries amongst guys. Huntley had 32 yards. Lamar had 34 yards. J.K. Dobbins had 42 yards. Gus Edwards had 42 yards. To me, Gus Edwards and early on, Gus was looking hot. Um, and I was surprised that they, they dropped Dobbins into the situation because Gus looked so hot early on. And they both finished with the same stat lines. Yeah, yep. And uh, Marquise Brown had some key catches. He came alive throughout the, uh, the offseason. 
the, the, the second the, half of the, the season. Second, yeah, the second half of the postseason, rather. But uh, J.K. Dobbins, three receptions for 51 yards as well. He was the second highest, but the guy that they didn't get involved enough was Mark Andrews throughout this game. And teams are starting to be honing in. Andrews still gets his catches. He's still a, um, I guarantee all four of those catches were probably first downs or, or right around the chains. That's yeah. what he does, but teams have been daring Ravens to use someone who's not named Mark Andrews, and Brown has stepped up to Brown, that role quite a bit. Brown has he, stepped he's up. He's got more to prove. He does, because if you it, okay, so he's got 87 yards on the game. On the, on the game, I appreciate that, and I understand that. But look at his receptions; he only had four catches, and I think that's a testament to how teams are able to shut him down. And if you well, looked at what they did, they they dropped guys into man coverage. Now, while I agree, I also think you have to take into consideration the uh, conditions that both these teams were facing. Oh the past yeah, because Josh Allen, who was great all year. All of a sudden, couldn't make a deep throw because he was throwing into the wind and they're yep. overthrown. Yep, and and Allen was 23 for 37. He had 206 and a touchdown. He didn't throw a pick. They they played a pretty safe pass game here. But I mean, remember though, there was a, there was a couple times that he should have been picked though. Yeah. Sometimes the right place, right time. Yep. So both te- both offenses looked abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, they they I mean Diggs he had eight receptions for 106 yards and a touchdown. It's to be expected. A guy that really stepped up was was John Brown. I enjoyed and we we were talking about him. Uh, as his game was happening, I said, man, John Brown, out of nowhere. I mean, he was making some pretty little toe-tapping, te- toe just barely in bounds kind of catches. And a guy that, that I think that people aren't talking about enough because he was getting all this love, well, there were two guys. People were giving, you know, shoveling all this love on Cole Beasley, but I got to tell you, even though he didn't have a catch in this game and he was underutilized, Gabriel Davis. Well, he, still, he was still hurt, too. I think he's yeah. out there more decoy. Gabriel Davis is a good player. And another guy that, that people aren't talking about was Dawson Knox. This guy was a third-round tight end. And and uh, I had I think I had projected him third round when he, when he went. But um, him going to the Bills, I, I thought he was a, uh, an interesting pick. And I didn't think he was going to produce. Uh, in the NFL at the pro level, and he he has throughout this year, throughout this season, he's made some key catches. Uh, he's been a, a good target for for Josh Allen. I like Dawson Knox, so I, he he got involved in this game. He only had two catches in this game, but in the games prior, he's done well for himself. So uh, there's that. The one thing that the Bills need is a running game, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, for Christ's sake, what a what a rough thing. So the the AFC title game now. Is shaped up to be Chiefs and Bills NFC title game. Shapes up to be Packers and the Saints, or I'm sorry, Packers and the Bucks rather. Packers and the Bucks. Um, so that that's what we've got, and those are your scores uh, throughout the league. And Tyler, we've got uh, plenty of news going around the league right now. The coaching carousel is in full effect. Oh yeah. And and I don't know what in it. And, and not only the coaching carousel, but the the GM carousel. You know, we, we've got a lot of that going on. But first, let's let's talk about uh, we we've got some interesting storylines going into these last two games or these these uh, these upcoming two games. So Mahomes did con- uh, suffer the concussion. He underwent protocols throughout the week. They were saying he could miss the NFC title game. Right now, he's saying he's cleared, but there's no there's no, no official word. Yeah, um, but he currently says he's out of concussion protocols. There is rumors that he could be on a time limit where he plays two quarters, um, and that's that's all they're going to allow him. What's your take on it? Uh, I I'm going to tell you, I think if Mahomes doesn't play, I don't think the Chiefs win this football game. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to spoiler here here. I'm picking Bills regardless of that injury. That's bold. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Um, well, I, I think uh, I'm taking Bills. I, I just I like how the Bills defense played, and I think there's a lot of momentum there. Um, and I and and this and this isn't me just um just giving the Ravens an excuse. I'm giving the Bills an excuse too. The offense looked bad partly because both defenses are top tier defenses. Yeah, but also the weather screwed Allen over more than screwed Lamar because of the pass game. Right, and and they're they're going to be playing so so Kansas City. We're we're it's down a significantly in less challenging defense. Yep, and it's going to be a significantly less challenging um, weather condition as well. I expect Josh Allen to ball it out for like 300 yards. Now, understand, you know, we were talking about this off the air. The Chiefs did beat the Bills earlier on this season, 26-17. That was during a rut. Yep, the Bills were in a rut. They they lost, what, three in a row, I think, right there. I mean, it was a a nasty little skid. But they they came out of that, and they've been a a red-hot team. Um, They've performed well against very good defenses. Uh, The the big keys here for them is they're going to have to keep Clark in order. They're gonna have to, mm-hmm. and and they're gonna have to be able to watch out for Tyron Matthew, you know. And and what's crazy to me, just for the record, I think it's crazy that the Chiefs have so many good, like really good players on that defense, and they still can't get it together. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew. I know. I mean, and it's like, what is going on here? What happened? I like um, the the players that the Chiefs have. They're gonna be in cap hell coming up here. It's going to be bad, but I I I think this is a good situation for the Bills, um, and I'm with you. I, I think I'm going to take the Bills, but you could see Patrick Mahomes on a time limit this 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 week for the two quarters. I hope he is, you because know, go Bills. No, just just sit him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and in your case, you you actually have a dog in the fight there because if if the Bills win, at least you can say if the Bills go and win the bowl, you can say, hey, my guys lost to the the you know. And I hate that, I hate world. that mentality. My, um, I said it last week, or I, hell, I think I said at the beginning of the playoffs mm-hmm. that if the Ravens are out, I'm on the Bills train. Yeah, like I I, I love the Bills. Like it was it was bittersweet watching that game because like man, I don't want to see either of these teams lose. Yeah, yeah. Um, also in the NFC title game, so this is a big coup for for uh, the Bucks. Um, they activate defensive tackle Vita Vey for the uh, NFC title game. Uh, Antonio Brown is out for the NFC title game with a knee injury. Um, I don't think the Brown thing is, no, uh, is that big he's of a had loss. Like two good games this year in the playoffs. He's only had two catches total. But to your your you know uh, uh, point, more of a decoy. Than anything, yeah. and I think that's what he was out there for because he did show in Week 17 that he could play, um, and and that he could ball out. Uh, very strategic move, but Antonio Brown will be out, so that that will negatively affect the the Bucks in, in some way. But I like this Vita Vey activation. Um, Vita Vey has has been a very very good defensive tackle for them, and the fact that he's been out for an extended period of time here now he's back. And uh, he's ready to tear he's shit a big up. Boy. He is a big, big boy, and and I'm excited for that. I mean, that's going to help against that that Chiefs rushing attack, uh, especially in the trenches. I I'm so excited to see Vita Bay back on the field for them. That is a great situation um, for the Bucks. So now we can start uh, talking about this coaching carousel. We had a ton of coordinators moving, man. I got to tell you, I I and and these aren't these aren't like small time people, okay. These are our big name guys moving around, and I'm like, holy crap! I I didn't realize how many uh, 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 just big name coordinators were out there that were we're going to be swinging around. Um, so let let's 
let's start with Washington. Okay, they 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 hire a new GM. They hired Martin Mayhew as their new general manager. He was from part of the the Lions. He was part of that Matt Millen tree, which is kind of laughable. <laughs> um, but then uh, they moved their former general manager Marty Herney to a high ranking front office role. So Martin Mayhew is the new general manager of the Washington football team, and, and it could be the Washington Sentinels, Washington Ham Sandwiches. Yeah, we don't know. It's going to be different on next season. Yeah, we we don't know what their name's going to be. Hell, I don't know what their name's going to be. But what we do know, they is, don't even know. Yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of at a loss here. But uh, what we do know is that they're hiring Martin Mayhew as the new general manager. Um, I I think this move is a stupid move. I think Martin Mayhew didn't know what the hell he was doing in Detroit, and he's not going to know what the hell he's doing in Washington. No, this one's a head scratcher. I don't know. I, I, I have no interest in him being a GM of any team. Yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't want Martin Mayhew anywhere near my football team. Absolutely not. Um, just just a, a terrible, terrible move. Um, the Lions did hire the Rams director of co- college scouting, Brand Holmes. They officially, officially made it. He's the executive vice president and general manager. So the Lions made that move. And this is when we, we talked about this last week, and at the time we both kind of uh, downplayed quite a bit mm-hmm. because of the, the Rams' past drafts haven't been great. Right. But then I, I had found a, a, a point that me and you talked about that kind of changed my opinion on I think you had kind of agreed with me. Yeah. Because their drafts have been good, just not as good as what we'd expect a grand draft to be. Right. But they have not had a first-round draft pick in the last four years. Yeah, and that's a, that's a big issue. So considering <laughs> that... Their draft and in, in with that in mind have been very good, right? And and really, it was it was during the that especially the year of that Super Bowl run that they had, where they went all the way to the bowl and then lost to the Patriots. You, it was during that Super Bowl run that you really got to see those first round picks start flying uh, on the Fowler trade and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, it, it started off with and Ramsey getting golf to begin with. Yep, Ramsey golf. I mean, they 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 started throwing those first rounders around. So I'm I'm with you. Uh, I I didn't even realize that they didn't have a first round pick for so, the last four years. So kudos, kudos to him in this one for uh, for being able to scout some players, and, and they've they've had good draft class considering. So I yep, I'll give him a chance here. Yeah, you could. I mean, he could turn out great. You or you might see the Lions draft pick start flying. But then they go from what I'm calling a good signing with their GM to uh, questionable one. This. Uh, Next phase. Yeah, so they, they hire the former Saints tight end coach and assistant head coach, Dan Campbell, as the uh, new head coach with a six-year deal. That's a big deal. Um, and they, this guy's a, a just a former tight end coach and assistant head coach. I, I don't like this move, uh, Dan Campbell. And then additionally, Campbell takes the defensive backs coach, Aaron Glenn, to be the defensive coordinator. So first, let me... Deep dive on the the defensive backs coach Aaron Glenn here. Okay, um, their new DC. So Aaron Glenn, I don't think their defensive backs have been that good. No, they they haven't. They I, I, their only good one was it was a a guy that red talent in Lattimore. Yeah, and a, a positions coach you expect to kind of grow players. Yes, Gardner Johnson has he's been decent. But he hasn't been anything, he hasn't developed the way that you expect him to. And he uh, likes to punch people in helmets. Yeah, well, yeah, he likes to get into fights and and cause problems. He's got a lot of lot of he's got a big mouth issue and he's an egomaniacal idiot. But at the end of the day, um, the uh, at the end of the day, you've got uh, 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 this head coach. I I'm not a fan of Dan Campbell. You hired a tight end coach to be your new head coach. I don't buy it. I don't buy it, and his tight ends haven't performed well. So, 
here's my take on this. Um, you could have hired Ozzie Newsome as your GM mm-hmm. and Bill Belichick as your head coach. Yep. And the Lions will still be terrible. Oh, it's going to be that way until the ownership changes. Yeah. Because the direction that the ownership has that team going is is piss poor. And the hilarious thing about that is is how often, you know, we, we live in Detroit. We, we live over this way. How often do you hear that? Do you, do you hear that here in Detroit? Though well, we need new ownership. Almost every day? It's every day. Um, like, we, we hear that constantly. The Fords don't care about football. So here's my take on it. As long as the Fords are in control, it doesn't matter who you bring in. Mm-hmm. So bring in someone who's entertaining. And Dan Campbell's proven that he's kind of that so far. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's. Oh, I, we're gonna we're gonna bite a kneecap. I've off? never looked. I've never looked forward to watching uh, a coach's interviews as much as I have Dan Campbell already. Yeah. So uh, at this point, just bring in Mike Leach too. Just let's just have let's just have an entertainment <laughs> shit show over here. Yeah. I so just, if it can't be good, it's be entertaining. I yeah, like it. Yeah. I it's it's bad, and uh, I I don't I don't like this situation. I, I think it's um, I, I think it's a bad situation, and and I think the Lions are going to struggle. Um. The in in the kick the kicker is you you actually had some good head coaches out there. I like Daryl Bevel. I thought Daryl Bevel is a good he was a good interim head coach. And if you let Daryl Bevel have a whole offseason to install his offense, that team could be successful. And they have the parts. And Jim Caldwell did well. Yeah. So I I just it, it's just like what what are we doing here? What are we doing? And uh, I got to be honest, I'm I'm. I just am at a loss when it comes to the Lions. I, I think they just make the silliest decisions. Um, speaking of Daryl Bevel, he signs on as the new head coach, or I'm sorry, the new offensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He he was the Lions interim head coach last season. He was a former Seahawks offensive coordinator. So he's going. He's going to join uh, uh, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, which I, mm-hmm. I mean, I I mm-hmm. could I like that move. I think that's a smart move. Um, so you, you've got that. I think Daryl Bevel is a great offensive coordinator, and he's been an, a great offensive coordinator in this league for a long time. This is a great signing for the Jags, and the Jags are putting together a pretty uh, a serious coaching tree here with Daryl Bevel and Urban Meyer. Um, I like Daryl Bevel. I think this is just a good signing for them, and now they have to find themselves a quarterback. Speaking of the Jags looking for a quarterback, uh, let's let's say Justin Fields has declared for the NFL draft. I got to ask you, I mean, I so every time I mention this, everybody, and and it, they're probably right. I get it. Everybody says, oh, well, they're probably going to go with Trevor Lawrence. And I get it. They probably will. But there has to be some degree of speculation about whether or not Justin Fields is going to go number one overall when – Oh, I, I started this. You know, I started this conversation um, before Meyer even got signed on. Yeah, and uh, I said that um, if Urban Meyer goes to Jacksonville, they're going to take Fields overall. Yep. But then, the, champ- the national title game happened, mm-hmm. and Fields didn't look very good. Fields didn't look good, but the one thing he did do is he looked damn good against a very tough Clemson team. But is that a one-game wonder? I think it is. If yep. you'd have went and won national title, I, I would say yes, he will be going number one. But his bad performance, I'm saying no. It goes back to Trevor being one. But no, it, it is worth the conversation. I mean, it is. Yeah. The argument is there. Urban Meyer, he comes off the Urban Meyer tree. That's that's the big thing. He he was coached by in that Urban Meyer way of of uh, being coached, and and you got to think that Urban Meyer is taking a step back, going, "That's my guy," and and we could see that surprise. Now, normally we know who the the consensus number one overall pick is going to be. Usually we know that. 
<laughs> usually do we? we do. Well, usually we do. It changes like so for for weeks and weeks and weeks. I remember you know when it came to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray wasn't looking like being the number one overall pick, and then poof, two weeks before the draft, he was number one overall pick. Well, I guess. Only the Browns surprise us in that kind of stuff. Right. You know, we, we didn't, uh, yeah, nobody expected Baker Mayfield. Nobody expected that. But, I mean, here we are. The Browns, you, 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 you always talk about how much you, how much you like the Browns. Yeah. I, but see, you never, you, you, your words in the Browns are so much different when you're creating your draft board. Well, okay. So, <laughs> I, I like the Browns football team, but when I'm putting together my, my big board moving into the season, so I, I always put that up on Facebook for everybody to check out and, and get a good look at and... You know, everybody can kind of enjoy what I'm posting. But the big thing about about the Browns, they screw up my draft every year, <laughs> every year. It's it's without question. They they either trade up back into the first round or they're trading around in the first round, and they fuck up my draft board every season in some way, shape, or form. Or they do something silly like take Baker Mayfield number one overall, and and it's like, guys, what the fuck are we doing? Like and and it it's very frustrating to to have my draft board in that situation. But I I always have like the Browns organization. Um and and I felt bad when they they moved the team to Baltimore. It it was sad to see that happen. But to see them get the this back and now they're back in the playoffs and they played good ball this year. It's cool to see them kind of come out of the doldrums and and be successful. Um, so I mean, yeah, I like the Browns, but um. Justin Fields, when it comes to this this draft, I I don't know if I'm Urban Meyer, if I know Urban Meyer, he's looking for comfort. I'd be looking for comfort. I got yeah. a guy coming out of my system yeah. in my tree, and I need a I need a, a franchise quarterback. And that's really to me. I, I we we haven't seen Ohio State quarterbacks be successful in the NFL very often. No, it is not something that goes on. Same with Alabama. We don't see that. But when we when we look at at those uh, 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 quarterbacks that that come out of Ohio State, they're going to perform well in that Urban Meyer system. You know they are. You know Justin Fields can perform well in that Urban Meyer system. So I think Urban Meyer is probably glancing at him, and I bet you there's some phone calls being made from Ohio State personnel going, "Hey, my guy's going in this draft. You might want to take him number one overall." Jags have the opportunity, and if that happens. Some teams is some team is going to win that Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, and that's going to be a very very beautiful thing. Please God, Vikings trade up and get him if he's there. Um, yeah, I know it won't, but I'm just please God do it. Um, next up, speaking of the Jags, they hire the Ravens uh, defensive line coach Joe Cullen as the new defensive coordinator. I like this move. I do too. I like this move. Uh, the the Ravens have had a, a very very strong uh, pass rush. They've had a very strong defensive line for several years. Um, and they've proven to have a very strong defensive coaching tree. Yes, I absolutely. They always seem to hire from within. Yep. Like if uh, if Don were if Martindale were to were to leave tomorrow, mm-hmm. I I would bet money that the next DC is already on the team. Yep. And and it, it, there's some some moves being made in Ravensland, but I, I I like this move for the Jags. I think the Jags are they they need all the love they can get on that defensive line. And it's I, a good move. I, it's a smart move. I think it's very smart. Um, and we're going to see how this defensive line coach performs as a full-on defensive coordinator over there. So we'll see how that works out. But you know it's going to be all about that pass rush, Tyler. 
Um, and then the Ravens, in return, they went and hired Rob Ryan as their new defensive assistant and linebackers coach, um, which I love this move. I like it. I would have been mad if it was D.C. Right. They made him a good defensive coordinator because his defenses have been good but not consistently good. Mm-hmm. But I love this move as, as a positions coach. I love it. So Rob Ryan, I, I think Rob Ryan is more of a uh, um, a defensive coach or a defensive uh, uh, positional coach. Whereas Rex is he's a more, full-on defensive is a, is a coordinator. More, uh, the defensive guru. Yeah. Like an and, actual guru, not, not, not the Patricia kind. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but they, they hire Rob Ryan. And then they also hire the former Texans defensive coordinator, Anthony Weaver, as their defensive line coach and defensive run game coordinator. I like this move, too. Um, Texans have notoriously had very good defensive mm-hmm. lines, um, particularly on the ends. And uh, I think this is going to be a huge help to the Texans. Um, Anthony Weaver, he, he if you look at like those lines when he had J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney on the ends, even though he didn't have spectacular D tackles, they always had good run stopping. They had good good uh, pass rush. They were always successful over there in Houston. Um, so I, I like this move. I think both these moves are great for the Ravens' uh, defensive situation. Um, that's going to be exciting. And that's one thing no one really talks about is um, you look at the history of how the Ravens do these kind of moves. They've consistently been one of the best-ran front offices right. over the last 20 years. Yep. Um, and also, uh, the Ravens, they, they speaking of the Ravens, they go out and they release Mark Ingram. They save $5 million on Which, the salary cap. Before it happened, I said, I said Ingram's gone. Griffin's gone. Yep, and, and RG3. Both those things did happen. RG3 gets waived as well. Um, saves him about, what, three on the cap, if I'm not mistaken. To start with to start with uh, Griffin, I think he was gone the moment that he got hurt and McSorley came in and looked better than he did. Yep. But then all of a sudden, Huntley comes in and looks better than McSorley. Yeah. yeah well, kind of. McSorley's a better passer by yep. a lot. But I think Mc, the McSorley-Huntley combo is going to be a great combo to back up Lamar going forward. Yes. And that makes... Griffin, the odd man out who can't throw and can't run the way he used to. Yeah, Griffin Griffin isn't the the um, enigma that he was so many years ago. Hell, I didn't say Nick Story looked better on, 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 with his legs than, than he did. Yeah, uh, well, and there's been so many injuries to RG3 with the, the ACLs and the MCLs and, and all the injuries and that I, he I suffered. Do, I do feel bad for him, but there's not, there's not a place here yeah. anymore. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be a... Uh, uh, he may get signed on as a backup to a team that is really desperate for a backup quarterback, but I don't think you're going to see a guy like RG3. Um, I could see him going to back up uh, Murray. That that could be a possibility. I just I don't buy RG3. Uh, he didn't look good in his, his time no. when he did come in. Um, yeah, RG3 uh, officially out uh, of, of Baltimore. Um, the Ravens also say that they they want Lamar Jackson long term. They're gonna they're gonna find a, a, a an extension for him. And they're not going to adjust their offense to appease, quote-unquote, pass-happy fans. Um, but they have said that they, they do need to see improvement in their passing game. I agree that you can't, you can't appease the pass-happy fans. But I also uh, think that your pass defense, or your passing offense, rather, needs extreme improvement. This year. Yeah. Last year they were, I think, 12th or 10th yeah. or... The, they, no, they, they were top 10 last they, year. Yeah, they were powerful. The, um, the thing about... They got away from it. Yeah. The um, thing about it is they don't have a number two. I mean, Duvernay is no. not, a, not a number and two. And that's why there's a lot of talk about them bringing in like a, like, an, like an Allen Robinson or trading for like a Michael Thomas or something kind of mm-hmm. big like that. But ne- 
doing any of those kind of trades for any team is going to be a nightmare when it comes to the whole cat space deal. So this offseason is going to be one of the more interesting offseasons of all time. Right. But, you know, here's the thing about, about a guy like uh, Duvernay. Fast. Not good. Uh, not good in the the uh, uh, in inside routes, making those those catches in traffic. He also hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities to do so. They use him kind of as more of like a change of pace running back in a way. Yeah, kind of like um, well, that's how the the Rams were using Robert Woods. Is they you know the double the double reverses. Here he comes around the edge, hit him with a hitch pass. Hope that he makes some yards with his legs. He's a fast guy. He's quick, but the problem that you got with a guy like Duvernay, Duvernay is is okay if you're going to use him. He's going to either be a speed burner type of vertical receiver, and yeah, you already have one. You already of those. have one. <laughs> so, and maybe you let Brown go and you keep Duvernay, because it, depending on how Duvernay progresses, I mean, you, you'll, you'll see. Yeah. But right now, no. Do uh, I mean um, I? I think you keep Brown because Brown he came he's alive. Starting to heat up. He's starting to heat up. But the the big thing about Brown is, even though he's starting to heat up, Brown is in. This will be his third year, and I think when you do sign Brown to an extension. I think you're going to be able to get Brown on a discount, and then That's what, true. and then whatever receiver that you wind up picking up, unless Brown turns into some amazing receiver, uh, which I doubt. I think he's going to be a number two. That's where I think he stays. I don't think that guy's going to develop into a number one. No, I, I agree. So you pick up a number one guy. Say the Ravens go out and draft, say a uh, Jamar Chase, and I don't think he's going to fall that far. But say the Ravens go and make that move. Now you got a number one guy that can make plays in the trenches. That can do it all. Jamar Chase is that kind of yeah. guy, or Devontae Smith. Smith isn't going to fall that far, I don't think. No, they're going to have to trade up. To, well, well, Jamar we'll might because he he yeah. he opted out this year. But you, I think you got a better chance of getting Jamar Chase now than you do, you know, uh, Devontae Smith. And the other wild card here is they probably won't. You'll probably see it coming in coming days. Yep. I think you keep Des. Give an offseason to actually have an offseason. I think he could. I'm not saying he's going to he's going to be the old Des, but coming in cold is is a, is a, is a, is a different animal than having a whole offseason. Right. And and the, another wild card here is is the Allen Robinson stuff. Yeah. Allen Robinson is kind of winking at the Ravens, going, "Hey, you know, I want my my spot." Yeah, there's there's some talk there, but yep. and I'm not calling for Des to be Ravens number one, but I think Des could make a great three chain mover for Baltimore. Yep. With a full offseason to really understand the offense. Yeah, and he could be a a real uh, piece to the puzzle there. Um, at the end of everything, so that that could be a possibility. Um, speaking of the Bears, um, they they moved their former safeties coach Sean Desai to the defensive coordinator position. Now, here's the thing about about the Bears: their safeties have been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson, I mean they they in particular um, they they have a history of good safeties. And and we were talking this earlier talking about having having Lattimore. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bears' safeties are grown. Talents. Oh yeah, oh, they weren't yeah. they weren't these lights out guys right away. Mm-hmm. They've grew into that. That's what makes a good positions coach. Yep, and I think I think this guy not only do it do it. Okay, so he he's grown these guys as safeties, but safeties are are they're they're almost like poor man's corners in a way. That's kind of how they how they work. Um, they're, they're that hybrid linebacker corner situation. So I, if you look at what he's going to be doing as a defensive coordinator, they've got some really good defensive backs over there in Chicago. And, and people don't look at that and go, oh, yeah, they, they got some really good defensive backs. People don't, don't seem to notice that. But they've got good defensive backs in Chicago. And a good defense um, as a whole. Yep. And, and so I think this is going to be a good situation for him to come into. But I also think that the Bears are uh, – this guy knows this defense – 
I, I think uh, um, this is going to be a very entertaining situation for the uh, uh, the Bears defense in general. They're they're gonna they're gonna keep developing. They're gonna keep being being a really really solid defense, and and I think you're gonna see those defensive backs get better and better and better. But I think they're gonna make a concerted effort in the draft also to get more corners um, uh, for this guy. They're gonna they're gonna make those defensive backs a priority now. And, and they haven't had to in the last few years because they got a lot of young guys. But now that crew is starting to age a little bit. You got your star corner hitting age 30 now. So you're, you're going to want to start looking at the younger defensive backs. And I think this guy is going to be capable of, of turning it around. I like that. No, yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. Yep. Um, the Eagles, they go out and hire Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni as the new head coach. Uh, eh, I think they got the wrong... If they were going to go to the Colts, I think they picked the wrong coordinator. Yeah, because while the Colts' offense was good, you got to remember they got Rivers. Yep. The year prior, it was bad because you had a bad quarterback. Yep. Now, if you now if you would have had a good offense with with Brissett, different story. I would agree this hundred percent. Yeah. But he was they were good because he had the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um. It... I, I I think they got the wrong guy. If you look at at the Colts' defensive situation, they were top ten. Mm-hmm. So and and I think they they took a guy like Xavier Rhodes, who was a a bottom of the barrel corner um, with Minnesota the last year, and they turned him into a top corner this year. And a lot of it came with the fact that and Rhodes came out and say this, and we were talking about this last week. Rhodes said that they simplified the defense. And for the for the corners and made it easier for these these corners to function and perform uh, the way that they needed to. I think this is a brilliant move. Um, yeah, I, I for why I think is a, not a brilliant move, a bad move. I think the more brilliant move would have been to take the defensive coordinator and plug him in because the Eagles defense needs all the help it can, help it can get anyway. The even Eagles defense hasn't been good this year. Um, the offense has been rough, yeah, but I don't think the offense was anything to write home about. Um, but I think it would have been a better move to go and get the defensive It would have been a better move, but I also agree that given that you have a very young quarterback, bringing in a more of an offensive mind was the right move, but you, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. You, you did, and, and they, they needed to lean toward that, that run-heavy style. Um, and I don't know that, that Sirianni is going to do that either. Sirianni is a pocket-passing kind of guy. If you look at all the quarterbacks that, that he's coached, pocket passers. Phillip Rivers, pocket passer. Pocket passers. Yep. So I, I just, you, you've got this Jalen Hurts over here. He's a running guy. He, he's a running quarterback. So what, what the hell are we doing here? The, the, better, the better person interview in that case and go that route, even though I, I still don't like him, um, Greg Roman makes more sense than this. Yeah. Eric Bieniemy makes more sense. Yeah, mobile quarterback. Yeah, you know, but I, I and go go for a guy that that understands how to use a mobile quarterback. Yeah, and then they they didn't do that. They they just wasted it. It seems like a mess. It really does. Um, so so there there's that shit show. Um, Philip Rivers retires. Speaking of the Colts, Rivers retires after 17 seasons. Hell of a career. Um, one of my favorites. Yeah, I I've always liked Rivers. Um, fun guy to pick up in fantasy. Because it was a, it was always a crapshoot, but you could always get them late. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? And this year, you basically sat in free agency all year. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I picked him up late in the draft and I traded him away to a guy. And uh, I got a good return for that that investment as well. But but Rivers, um, I like Rivers a lot. I've always liked Phillip Rivers. Fun quarterback to watch. True trash talker. Um, J.J. Watt shared a story today, where we, or the, this week rather, where Phillip Rivers actually corrected one of the Texans linebackers that was lined up wrong while he was in the snap. He was standing there going, he looked directly at him and said, you're lined up wrong, you should be over here, and then snaps the ball and takes advantage of it. Um, so it was, it was one of those uh, just amazing moves. I loved it. Um, but Phillip Rivers, hell of a career, 17 years, frees up some cap, $25 million in cap mm-hmm. space for the Colts, uh, puts them in a very, very good position. Um, so that's kind of exciting. Um, also, uh, speaking of the, the coaching situation with the Colts, uh, Doug Peterson leaning toward taking 2021 off as a head coach following his release from the Eagles. Um, kind of sad for him, but at the same time, you see this all the time where a head coach gets shit canned, takes a year off, McCarthy did the same thing. Yep, comes back and comes back red hot. You know, Doug Peterson coming into the, if he doesn't get hired this year, this off season, that going into the 2022 offseason, he's going to be one of the hottest commodities yes, around. 100%. Yep. So there, there's going to be... You'll have a new brand of teams that are dumping their, their, their head coaches. Right. And and he's going to be the hottest commodity. There's going to be a sweepstakes for a Super Bowl winning head the coach. The only way it gets hotter is if all of a sudden called or not called Coward decides to come out of the woodworks and wants to coach again. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. we've, been, we've been talking about that for years and it's not happening at this point. Yeah. Um, so, so we had that... Um, and, and now that you mention him, I'm just going to come out. Uh, Jim Caldwell, he interviews for the. Uh, I said Cower, but yeah, well, well, I thought you said Caldwell. Well, usually you said Caldwell at first. Yeah, I, yeah, I said, yeah. But speaking of Caldwell, Caldwell interviews for the uh, Texans head coaching position. Kind of exciting. So does Josh McCown. I secretly like it, not for head coach, but um, I like to see him do it like a, like a coordinator first. But yeah, McCown knows he, he's been around a lot of different offenses. It, it's interesting. So. I like Caldwell better than McCown. Uh, yep, for obvious reasons. <laughs> you know, um, Caldwell's a hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. We figured that out when he was in Detroit. He was a hell of a coach here. And he took over for uh, Dungy well in Indy. Yep. I mean, he did well. I like Jim Caldwell. I think he would be the proper fit for this Texans team that Agreed. is going to be rebuilding. But not only that, so so we, we got to talk a little bit about this, and, and we'll get into to the, the Deshaun Watson sweepsca- sweepstakes, so to speak. Um, there, there are teams vying for his services right now. The, the problem that we're seeing right now is that Deshaun Watson wants out of, out of Houston based on the fact that he feels like Eric Bieniemy should have been hired as a head coach. Well, not even just that one. Interviewed. He listed three people he wanted to be interviewed for head coach. None of them got interviews. Right, and none of them got interviews. And then additionally, one of the one of the big problems, and, and it's a problem in the NFL, is the the hiring of minority coaches. We, we got to touch on it, because that's one of the issues that Sean Watson is having. He feels like minority coaches are being ignored in the NFL. That's a big issue he's having with it. I think, so... I think Jim Caldwell getting hired on, I think he's the kind of head coach that would come into this situation and be able to calm. I don't know what it is about Jim Caldwell. There's a calming presence about the man. And I think he would be able to calm Deshaun Watson a little bit. But not only that, I think this this 
want to see the CBD of the NFL. Right, but <laughs> but I think it it would quell the the uh, uh, feeling from Deshaun Watson that minority coaches aren't getting hired on, um, and and I think that this this would really be a good situation to to make Deshaun Watson say, all right, now they're paying attention. And the Texans have a history of of what is considered by many uh, uh, racial profiling. You know, they they we've we've heard about this. You know, about the the ownership there and how how a lot of the players don't stand with ownership because of the way ownership has handled uh, black and Hispanic players throughout the NFL. So I think this would go a long way to calming Deshaun Watson and possibly yeah. making him want to stay I mean, in yeah, Houston. It is, I mean, it is the state of the. Uh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it it just it it is, it is what we see here. So I mean, I I, I don't. I, it it could be a good hire for that situation, but if not for that situation, it, it's just a good head coach in general. Mm-hmm. I think he's just a good coach. Caldwell's the guy. Yeah, I like Jim Caldwell in this situation. And if, now, they, and if they want to do something a little a little radical like they're they talking, bring in bring in Josh as an OC or um, or starting as a quarterbacks coach. Right, and and I think that's that's a really just a positive thing all around. I think it it would really help the Deshaun Watson situation and help uh, uh, you know him have have more of an understanding with management. I think it 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 create it, Jim Caldwell could be that bridge guy, and Jim Caldwell's a good coach, but he's also a minority coach, and I think he's a guy that Deshaun Watson could really get behind. This this could be a really good situation for Houston, and uh, if Jim Caldwell comes in, the, the team's going to improve. It's going to go through some rough years because they're losing some pieces, mm-hmm. but I think that that it could help them improve. Now, so if Deshaun Watson stays, I think they're going to be fine. Um, so Deshaun Watson, as of right now, he wants out of Houston. Teams are calling to inquire about his availability. You got the Panthers, the Cowboys, the Jets, the Vikings, the Redskins, the Colts, the Jags. You got a lot of teams calling about his availability. I don't blame them. He's a hell of a quarterback. Um, and and Washington says they're they're going to be involved in that sweepstakes, quote unquote, in a big way. So you you have to think if Deshaun Watson goes out the door, what exactly are you going to be um, throwing at them? You know, to to make this trade happen, to make him happy. He reportedly wants to go home, which which is sort of more toward the Carolina area, which is why the Panthers are are looking like a a big suitor here. Um, and they're they're about to lose Teddy Bridgewater, if I'm not mistaken, to free agency. I think he was on a one-year deal. Um, that would open Jacksonville to the mix, too. Right. Carolinas aren't too far from Jacksonville either. Right. So, I mean, it, it opens a lot of, of positive things for Deshaun Watson if he truly has, does have his mind set on uh, uh, leaving Houston. So, we we can come out and say... Carolina's on the table for sure. Washington's probably on the table for Jets sure. Are on the table. Jacksonville and the Jets are on the table for sure. And the Jets are the ones with the highest amount of cap space to to uh, obtain that cap that cap hit that he's got in that contract. But to to Jacksonville and Jets fans though, we got you on. It's exciting that they're in the mix here, but you got to remember to do that, it will one hundred percent cost you your draft pick. Oh yeah. It will for sure cost you your twenty one your 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 number one number two overall draft pick. Yeah, without and, question. And 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 it really, if the number one overall pick goes out the door, like let's say it's Jacksonville or the Jets, 
the number one or number two overall pick going out the door, that's it. I'm not giving you shit else. You got the number one or number two overall pick. I don't want to hear any more. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> Watson's going to cost you that because he is a franchise quarterback. Right. He's still only 26. Right, but but uh, you know that you I, I've seen and we were talking about this off the air. I I've been seeing all these different because Watson is a hell of a player. We've been seeing all these stupid. Well, it's got to cost you, know, you more number one because I wouldn't say Watson for Trevor is a, is a good one for one changeout. I don't know. Watson's going to be better than Trevor. I, well, maybe. It maybe we we don't know how these you know I mean. You, you could have the, the second coming of Mahomes. I think it's going to cost you more in a first rounder because Watson's a guaranteed talent. Trevor's still going to come and prove himself. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, but say you you give up a number one and a number three. I can see that. You give up a number one and a. Third. I think it's going to cost you two ones. Two ones, I think, is ballsy. I think that's, that's what ballsy. Ramsey went for. Especially and Watson's worth more. Especially for the size of the contract. For the size of the contract, because Watson he's got a low cap hit this upcoming season, but his cap hit for the following seasons. Is just, I mean, we're talking 31, 32, 33 million, and it goes up to close to 40. I mean, he's he's got a, a large cap hit. I, I I don't know, I don't know. I I if if you have a a, a one a, even a one and a two, I could see a one and a two. But I've been seeing these ridiculous things like ah oh, three first rounders and a star player. No, wait, what? No, what are we smoking? It's gonna cost you at least two though. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, because people like Ramsey are going for that. So I, I, I see it could be costing at least two first rounders. All right. Well, I mean, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like Watson. I just uh, the size because of the size of the contract and the amount of cap space it would take up. I mean, you you can't say three. I I don't think there's going to be anywhere no, near I three. Can't do three. You know, I I could see two max. Two is about the max I'd go. I'm not about to give you two in a star player, three in a star player. I'll give you two, but that's about as high as I'm going. I can't do anything better than that. You know, you you want me to throw away a, a one and a two rock and roll. But, uh, yeah, there's there's questions there about the Deshaun Watson situation. Um, I guess it depends who the star player is. Oh, God. Because, like, if the player's about to retire, why not? Yeah, I could see that. Like, two first and, like, Something, Big Ben. Okay. So uh, all of a sudden that team could have Big Ben start for a year and have have a new quarterback develop around him. A developing guy, yeah. And you got guys and, like Brock And then Brock Steers Purdy. could go right into, who needs a first round? We have freaking Watson. We're good. Yeah. You got guys like like Brock Purdy going in the second round. But you're not going to like two first rounders and Marlon Humphrey. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. God. You know, it's it's insanity. So, I mean, there, there's that. But Deshaun Watson is sort of out there on the block in a way. There's There seems to be dissension in the ranks there. And has been. And, yeah, and there, there has been for some time. Um, you know, but it's it's going to get a little, little wild. And we were just talking about the Jets. Speaking of the Jets, you got Robert Saleh gets hired as a head coach. He takes Mike LaFleur with him from the 49ers. We had rumors about that last week. Um, and, and it finally happened. Uh, Saleh gets signed. I like this signing. Great defensive coordinator. Um, and, and I think the, the Jets' defense needed that. They're, they're going to need to focus in on their defense because their defense has been bad. Been really bad. Not quite Lions bad, but no, bad. It's been bad. But he, he also takes LaFleur with him, who is their offensive coordinator. So they, they snag the two coordinators right out of San Francisco. I like it. I, I like it. It's a smart move. But 
Uh, the, the Niners, they go and promote the running backs coach, Mike McDaniel, to the offensive coordinator, which, because of the 49ers run game and how they, they like that power zone run, this is a great move. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I think that that's a smart move by the Niners to, to, to you know promote from within. They get a guy that knows the offense and who's already a big part of the offense. So you're not going to see much change in that offense, in my opinion. But, um, man, both coordinators, very key cogs to that that uh, 49ers machine going over to the Jets. You could see the Jets turn into a contender, I think, in the next year or two. Two to three, not a year. Yeah, well, a couple of years. We'll say a couple of years. But uh, that that is a thing. Um, so, on top of it all, you've got the Falcons making moves, and they, they made a ton for the, for the record. Um, so they go out and hire the Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith as the new head coach. I like this. I like it, but he, he runs a different offense. The Falcons are used to completely different, completely different. Um, and you're going to see a lot of power run. Uh, so it's, can, can you, can someone say Mark Ingram? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be power run. And I, I'm sorry. I, I know last week you said you liked Edo Smith. I don't think Ito Smith is that guy for that power run game that Arthur Smith likes to do. Arthur Smith likes likes that big downhill, nasty, hit you in the face, stiff arm you into the, the turf in the next week. And no matter what you're downgrading from what he's used to. Right. And you don't replace Henry. You need a big, nasty runner. Um, Mark Ingram might be that guy. I think he's kind of a, a, a I'll call him a, uh, when he's healthy anyway. I think well, He's I been call, healthy all year. Yeah, he's just, I, I call him a poor man's Derek what Henry. I, what I'm saying about Ingram is Ingram would be a good guy to bring in to run that to, um, to get like how, to kind of get everyone to understand how it was to run yeah. it. Ingram's a guy who can run it, just he's not Derek Henry. No, understand. And, and I, I get that he's more of a speed back than anything, but they, they still do have Todd Gurley over there. Yeah. So I mean, I understand that that that's still is a thing, but Todd Gurley. But is he's not, not Todd ru- he's not running full time anymore. Yeah, Todd Gurley is not the Todd Gurley that we knew with the Rams. Because so, they, they announced that he basically was going to be like a, like a part time back because of his, because of his uh, uh, arthritis. Yeah. So we, there's that. Um, they also hired the former Saints director of pro scouting Terry Fontenot to be the new general manager. I like it. I like this move as well. I, I thought this was a solid move. The um, the Saints, even though the Saints have uh, – uh, their, their drafts haven't been spectacular because they've been giving away a lot of draft picks recently, specifically with the Marcus Davenport pick. Um, I, I just – they gave away a ton. He still has pulled off some pretty good draft Yeah, classes. and giving away that, that's not on him, much like the, the right. Rams guy. Right. So, I mean, he, he still pulled off some stuff. Um, I like this move. I think it, it sets up some uh, uh, interesting stuff for him. Um, the Falcons also hired the now former defensive coordinator. So it's not the current defensive coordinator of the Titans, but it's Dean Pease. Dean Pease was the defensive coordinator for the Titans in the 2018-2019 season. Remember, that Titans defense ranked top 10 when Dean and, Pease was overseeing it. And also remember, Dean Pease is also the uh, longtime DC for the Ravens before the Titans. Right. So this is quietly the best hiring of the entire coaching corral. Yeah, so far. Um, for a team that desperately needs a right. defensive boost. Yeah. Now, the big problem I have is they, they went, this is the bad signing that they did, they went and hired the passing game coordinator, Dave Ragone, as the offensive coordinator, but the, he's the passing coordinator for the Bears. <laughs> so... <laughs> they they made this great move, and uh, 
then they go and they shit the bed with that one. Um, Mitchell Trubisky has not been good. No. 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 Nick Foles has not been good. <laughs> Especially no. no. Yeah. So I, I saw this move and I went, okay, great defensive coordinator her. Oh, that was a bad one. So <laughs> my demeanor instantly changed. Um, Doubled it back out. Yeah, this is this is going to get get a little ugly. Um, it, it could get ugly. I'm not going to say it is, but it all could of a sudden, get ugly. starting next season, all of our issues with the Falcons completely flip itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the best was, defense defense in football. Horrid offense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was just it was nasty. Um, but also in Falcon land, the the Rams hired the interim head coach from the Falcons, Raheem Morris, as their new defensive coordinator. Now, I don't really like this one. Here's why I like it. And and it's just a matter of what I saw after the firing of Quinn. Okay, We saw Quinn go out the door, and then you see Raheem Morris come in. And the defense improved. It did, but wasn't Raheem Morris still the D.C. during the... I think he was the O.C. at the time. I don't think he was the That doesn't make sense why they hired him as D.C. then. I know. Uh, well, I think. Well, he might have been. He's, I don't know. So but. he's still the same guy that had that bad defense. Mm-hmm. So I, I yes, they did improve, but they didn't improve significantly. Uh, it. I don't like it. I, 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 I kind of think. I think it's going to be good for him. I think it's going to be exciting. I like Raheem Morris. Um, he he performed well as an interim head coach as well. This is a smart move. I think it's a smart move. I think they're gonna they're gonna see some some good things go on on that defense. I don't think it's gonna be as volatile though as it has been because that defense has been volatile. But I, I think it's still gonna be good. I think he'll he'll be only good. be there one year. You think so? Mm-hmm. That's ballsy. It, it, their defense is gonna drop in rankings, and they're gonna be like, no, we're not going on this trend. Yeah, <laughs> go F off now. So uh, the Bucks defensive coordinator Todd Bowles is interviewing for several head coaching jobs. I like Todd Bowles. Um, this is the same guy. So we got to remember he was the guy that, that got hired. He he did have um, a couple of decent years after the Rex Ryan thing occurred with the Jets. He he did have like like one or two decent years, but he had a rough go. But he also had a bad team. He turned this Bucks defense around. Yeah, and and the Bucks defense is scary. Like very good right after being yep. miserable last year. Yep. So so. I like what what he's doing. I think he, and and to me, okay. So Todd Bowles, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be a really great head coach, but the guy's a great coordinator. And whichever sure. whichever coordinator spot he goes to as a defensive coordinator, he's going to be great. He's going to turn that those teams around. He's going to make them something special. We see that in Tampa Bay now, and and I think we're going to see that if he goes elsewhere as a defensive coordinator. But right now, I think he's going to wind up staying with the Bucks. I don't think anybody's going to bring him on as a head coach. Um, and I think he's kind of losing his window because all these teams are quickly sucking up all the coaches and yep. hiring, filling all the voids. Um, and and by the time Super Bowl time rolls around, he's not going to have a, a you know a job to go to other than that defensive coordinator position with Tampa. But right now, it's looking like it it could be fun for him. Um, the Chargers hire the Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley as their new head coach. Speaking of the the Rams, they so I like this move. Top defense yep. in the league, number one defense. Guy had a great, great year. Um, booming. Just booming. I, I think this is a freaking wonderful move. And and he deserves a head coaching position. For sure. Just watching how this his defense developed. Um, sort of a funny one. Uh, well, first of all, speaking of the Rams, Jared Goff and Sean McVay, they said the relationship is not looking very good heading into the offseason. 
It's vague. It's surprising. It is, but it's vague, so it tells me that maybe we don't got enough of the story yet. We, yeah, we, we could have uh, um, not not enough of the story, but I, 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 if things start looking ugly there, and Jared Goff's got a big contract, I don't think uh, I think you're going to see Goff go before McVeigh ever would go. I agree because Goff hasn't been playing great. He's been playing good enough. Yeah, I mean, if 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 anybody's going, could you imagine Jared Goff getting traded out of the Rams situation? I can see it. That would be an interesting situation. See him, <laughs> watch him go to the Jets. Jared Goff in the Jets. I don't think he performs. I think his career tanks after that. Well, so, it's the Jets. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is the funny one that I was kind of referring to. Matt Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) Big Daddy Bill comes and saves him. Matt Patricia returns to the Patriots as an assistant coach. They're undecided of what his official job title is going to be. But Matt Patricia goes back to New England and gets saved by Bill Belichick. That fat, disgusting turd. He's going to be... Bill Belichick's personal assistant. No. <laughs> Go give me coffee, you failed yeah. head coach, son of a bitch. Yeah. No, you know what he's going to be? He's going to be his new massage therapist. It's for him and Mr. Kraft. <laughs> uh. no, not even massage therapist. Masseuse. Masseuse. You, you know how the Rams uh, have that guy that um, he's, his only jo- job is to um, keep McVay from going on the field? Yeah. Because he, he gets all rambunctious. That's going to be him. It's, it's going to be him, but it's, it, won't be, it won't be that cool. It's going to be like, <laughs> His only job is to uh, make sure that Bill never smiles on camera. Yeah, he's he's going to be like he'll just have a chair, just sitting in the corner in the chair, and if Bill's getting ready to smile about anything, he's going to walk around. No, no, he, don't he, do that. Finger to the mouth, just <laughs> drops it down. It's, it's like, oh my god! I, I just think it's for every game, Bill Bill pulls the subway commercial and just cuts his sleeves off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think uh, Matt Patricia. I mean, it's. It's one of those for Detroit fans. It's like, okay, go ahead and stay over there. I don't, I don't want you here. I don't want to look at you. I don't like you. Um, since day one, Matt Patricia has been a joke to the Lions fans here in Detroit. Um, you'll, you'll not find one that that is bummed he left. No, not no, one. Nobody's bummed out. Not at all. Um, I, I find it. It was mean, a year and a half too late. <laughs> I mean, it was. Um, it, it's. It's just a funny situation. You you won't find Lions fans crying about it. Um, yeah, so so Matt Patricia goes out the door um, and goes back to New England, just sulks back to New England there. Um, a fun history-making thing, Washington is to make Jennifer King a full-time offensive assistant following her 2020 season spent as a coaching intern. That's an exciting thing. We That's don't cool. know much about King. I just wanted to put that in there because I thought that was really cool. It's a great situation. We see a lot of female um, uh, coaches and referees making history in the league. It's exciting to see a female presence finally making history in this league um, that has been notoriously dominated by men. So uh, it, it's it's pretty freaking cool. Um, another move that got made. So we were talking about the Texans earlier. Their former head coach, Bill O'Brien, general manager Bill O'Brien, gets hired on as. Um, University of, of, I'm sorry, University of Alabama. He's actually their quarterbacks coordinator. Um, I like this move. Uh, you know, it's great for them. It's just weird to me. Because um, to me, Bill Bill O'Brien's still a great head coach. His failures came as a GM. Yeah, 
I, I think he's a great head coach. They should have never... Because the Texans were great the first couple years, and then he, then he started doing GM things. and <laughs> Right. Well, one thing that we, we learn about uh, uh, head coaches is they don't make good general managers. Typically. Head coaches are good at coaching their football team. Uh, Bill Belichick right now is in the in the midst of failing as a uh, uh, GM. As a GM, he, yeah. he and he is failing. He's great as a head coach, but he's failing as a general manager. Um, and and you you and, shouldn't have that go on. And to to play defense to these guys, um, it's not entirely their fault. You're asking a, you're asking a guy to do two full time jobs, right? Being a head coach goes more than just playing sixteen games. Yeah, more than just practice. Throughout the year, you're doing shit too. You don't got the time to also play GM and scout these players and do this, that, and everything in between. Yeah. I, I don't think it's it's a, a good situation to have those guys in that general manager role. Uh, we, we saw how successful Bill Belichick was with the general manager uh, prior, you know. So I, I just, it's interesting to say the least. But uh, I, I think Bill O'Brien is going to be really, really solid for the University of Alabama. You know if he go and if there was any college school that you wanted to go to as a, a coordinator or anything like that, the University of Alabama is where you want to go. Or Clemson. Or, yeah. yeah. But, and what you're going to see, in my opinion, is you're going to see Bill Belichick, or I'm sorry, Bill O'Brien, you're not only going to see him thrive in Alabama, but you might actually see some good Alabama quarterbacks start coming out, which we haven't seen since, well, you know. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Well, yeah, you haven't seen that since Terry Bradshaw, but it's a good thing that would get Wait, those. Since Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw wasn't a good quarterback. He's a game manager. He won four Super Bowls. Look at his team. He was the last one that was, well, not the last one that was worth anything. There was one after him. I forget the, what his name was. But it, I, I, that's the last time you, you heard anything positive out of it. Okay, you had a successful one, not a good one. Yeah, okay. I'll say successful. But, I mean, four Super Bowls. Now, speaking of Steelers stuff, the Steelers signed former Redskins quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Um, what a mess! I mean, they're not really paying him, so I guess I'm, I don't, I'm not gonna crap on it too much. Yeah, but if Ben retires or gets released, who's the starting quarterback? Uh, Haskins, uh, oh, Rudolph, and and or Dobbs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you say this. So and I wish you all could just see Tyler's face as he's saying these things because he's looking at me with this little like cutesy shit eating grin on his face as he's saying this it. This is amazing. <laughs> it's the greatest day of his life. Watching the Steelers go last place <laughs> would be incredible. You are just so happy watching that whole thing. Just well, it's getting so me. This my my dad gorgeous. watches watches my son during the day while I'm, while I'm working, and uh, he gets over in the morning and. Uh, I come down about about lunchtime and I'm, I'm eating my lunch. Look at the news, and all of a sudden I just see uh, Steelers and Haskins. Like, hey, Dad, guess what? <laughs> and my dad hates Haskins. Oh, I hate Haskins. Um, he thinks Haskins shouldn't even have a place in this league anymore. And he's nope. He thinks he's worse than uh, Ryan Reef. Uh, Ryan Leaf. Um, oh wow. Um, he hates Haskins, and then for the for Haskins to sign the Steelers a day after my dad rants about him. Oh, was man. just the best. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then on top of it, the Steelers tight end, Vance McDonald, he retires after eight seasons. Man, I like Vance he, he had a, He had a good string of games, but he's been, overall, his career has been meh. Uh, yeah, I, so Vance McDonald, I think he's, to be honest, I think he's one of the like the better tight ends in the league. Better blocking tight ends. I, I think he, he, had a, he had a rash of games where he looked great as a receiving tight end. 
but they didn't use him extensively over there in Pittsburgh. And realistically, he made his money. He's getting out of Dodge. He's 30 years old, so he gets to retire early and probably go and do something else. I liked Vance McDonald. Um, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with, with the Steelers and their, their cap situation and probably getting ready to get rid of Big Ben, too. Um, it, it, everybody is... is we can't speculate. Big Ben hasn't announced a retirement or anything like that, but there are some speculate. There is some speculation that that Big Ben isn't going to return next season, and I, I think, think a lot of that's cap related. Yeah, and I think that's another situation. What, what you're getting with Vance McDonald retiring is is the cap situation. I think that's that's what it is on top of it. Um, another retirement, Drew Brees. He's set to retire. Um, a lot of there's been a lot of speculation. Nothing's been officially said. Yeah, but the the they were saying at the beginning of the NFC Championship game, reports started coming out that for Drew Brees, quote, this is it. Um, and for the Saints, it's more of a cap casualty situation as well. The Saints are in cap hell. $97 million over the salary cap. And uh, Drew Brees accounts no, for a large yeah, it, chunk it, of it. It's a cap thing, but I also think that him retiring has nothing to do with the cap. I think he's actually truly ready to be done. Yeah, he's beat up. He he was playing with a torn rotator cuff, apparently. Yeah. Um, and, and he had that rib injury. I mean, it's just bad. You're talking one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Yep. Um, despite, I, I know you hate the Saints, but I know a lot of that goes back to Sean Payton more than A lot Brees. of it goes back to Sean Payton. I can respect Drew Brees' game. My problem with the Saints comes out, it, it's not even just Sean Payton. Bounty Gate was a huge issue for me. Um, Sean Payton, I think, is an asshole with a butthole for a mouth. I I, I hate Sean Payton, but Breeze. Look at his mouth. Seriously, it, one it looks of the like a most stand-up, humble, yeah, easygoing players to ever play this game. Right. Um, I have nothing but mad respect for for Drew Brees. Yeah, uh, I I like Drew Brees as a quarterback. Um, I don't like the Saints in particular, but I do, I, and I'm glad to see that he's not going to be playing for the Saints anymore, more than likely. But you know, had he been on a different team, you'd been rooting for him to have three, four Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. I, I had he still played for the Chargers, who are my second favorite team. <laughs> I, I would have been ecstatic. Um, and then the former Bucks head coach and Falcons offensive coordinator uh, Dirk Cotter retires uh, officially. I don't think this is a huge loss for the league, to be honest with you. Dirk but, Cotter. Then why did we end with it? Well, I just wanted to, you know, give the guy his big ups here. He was a head coach in this league, but Dirk Cotter retires. Um, he was a bad I think head. He did coach. on purpose just just to not give us a Saints article. The last story. No, because <laughs> screw the Saints. Because screw the Saints. Um, but yeah, we got we got uh, some predictions coming up here. Uh, we got two games to predict, Tyler. And I, I think you and I are, are in a what a dead heat, are we? Or am I up still? I, am you, I up you one still? Game I'm up one. Up one still. I'm sorry, so. Super Wild Card weekend. Super Wild Card weekend. Yeah, don't forget the super, super, super. So do we? Do we got to call divisional round and, and championship round being the um. Sort of mediocre championship round or divisional round because it wasn't super. Yeah, well, it's not super. There's not six games. It's not super. So is it always super now? Maybe. <laughs> it might be. I mean, God forbid they make it a, make it a, a sixteen team. They're, they're, they're going to need a new name. Oh, super duper! Ex- the wild card special. extravaganza. <laughs> That's what it'll be. Um, so let's take a quick break. And then we'll come back. We'll go through the the two remaining games, Super Bowl predictions, and uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get down to business. So we'll be right back, right here on the Outside Blitz. At it's your time massage. 
you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, though. Get ready. And welcome back to the Outside Blips. I'm your host, Tardine. Oh! And now it's time for scores. No, and I'm the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and we are back. Um, so Tyler, we've got, uh, we've got some stuff to, to look at. We, we, we got our predictions. First of all, we got to make our predictions for the, the upcoming games. Um, we got, we know we got the NFC and AFC championship coming up, uh, tomorrow, which is very exciting. We're recording this, uh, the day before we've been, we've been kind of hitting that, which has actually been kind of nice. We've been getting a lot. So because of all the, the head coaching moves, there's been a lot to talk about. Um, but at the same time, we're hitting it as late as humanly possible so that that way we're getting, you know, stuff, I mean, right off the rip. Um, and, and so you're getting kind of the latest, the latest of everything realistically, but, um, you know, we, uh, barring the, the last minute stuff, uh, you know, just before game time, we're, we're giving you the latest here. So, uh, we're the day before the games here. And uh, Tyler, we got to go through the the four remaining teams. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So here are your predictions for the championship week. It's not super championship week. Regular championship week. <laughs> ordinary. Uh, for the the yeah, ordinary. Yeah. yeah. Very uh, very regular championship week uh, for the AFC and NFC title games. We're starting with the NFC championship game. We're going to go Packers versus Bucks. It's the Brady versus Rogers showdown. Um, I don't even think this is a Brady Rogers showdown as much as it is Bucks defense versus Rogers showdown. Uh, gonna be a fun one. Gonna be an interesting game. Depends which Bucks show up. Uh, it doesn't matter which Bucks shows up. It, it does matter because well, here's the thing: the Buccaneers did beat Green Bay earlier this year. True. They did beat them decisively. You remember very decisively, thirty-eight to seven, was it not? I mean, just a pounding. They they beat the hell out of them early this season. So interesting to say the least. I want to see which Buccaneers are going to show up today, because you're looking at at uh, or show up tomorrow rather. You're you're looking at the Bucks defense, red hot. That's what tore Aaron Rodgers apart last time. Aaron Rodgers, red hot, looking really strong, not looking like he was at that particular time. Uh, this is that's the same Aaron Rodgers who also dropped one to the Vikings earlier in the season. So, a lot of questions there. We're going to see which Bucks show up. If last week's Buck, if last week's Bucks offense shows up, they're going to get they're going to get creamed. Oh yeah. Because I'm sorry, 
Aaron Rodgers is not going to throw three or four interceptions. It's not happening. It's not happening. I, I agree with that. Uh, this is this Bucks defense has been interesting, though. It's it's been scaring up uh, uh, the opposing teams. It's been uh, uh, terrorizing opposing teams. The pass rush has been great. Now they're getting Vita Bay back going into this game, which is going to slow down that interior run for Aaron Jones. Things get interesting here. Things get scary. Um, so I want the Bucks to win this game. Really, I do. I'm going with the Pack in this one. I'm, I'm going Packers. But I want the Bucks to win. And and I know you hate Tom Brady. I, I, I do. But the way you hate Tom Brady because you had to deal with him in the AFC for all those years is the same way that I hate the Packers and the Saints. I was happy to watch the Saints lose last week. I hate Drew Brees. I, I, I respect Drew Brees, but I hate Drew Brees. I hate Sean Payton, and I don't respect his, him or his butthole-looking mouth. I'm not kidding. Look at the pictures. It looks like a beehole. Now, I hate Sean Payton. I, I hate Michael Thomas's big mouth. I think Alvin Kamara is an overrated running back. I, I'm... I'm tired of, of the Saints and I can't wait to watch them flounder in the coming seasons when they have to release all of these star players that they've got. I can't wait to watch that, that franchise go to hell in a handbasket in the next three to four years and I can't wait for Sean Payton to lose his job because of the fact that he doesn't have all those star players. But I digress. In this game I was happy to see the Buccaneers win. I would rather see a Buccaneers versus Bills Super Bowl, and I would rather watch Tom Brady lose that bowl and the Buffalo Bills finally get that Super Bowl that they've been waiting for for so long, and 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 that's what I want. I want the Bucks to win, but this is a Packers team that even though they got pounded by the Bucks earlier in the season, I think Zadarius Smith has been looking really great lately. I think Jair Alexander has been looking really great lately. I'm going with the Pack. I think Devontae Adams has been looking really great lately. Aaron Rodgers has had almost unlimited time in the pocket recently, and that's without their star offensive tackle on the field. Got to go with the pack on this one. I don't think you understand the level of hate I have for Brady. Oh, I understand. I would sacrifice the Ravens' next 10 years of success for Brady not to win the Super Bowl. I, I would sacrifice uh, a lot. I'd be, I would Saints. say, I would... Um, Sign of things says Ravens can never play a Super Bowl ever again if we, if, if in turn I get Brady not in the Super Bowl. Uh, Shit, I, I would sign him that, that much. Uh, I, I I hate Tom Brady. I think you know, and, and when the record books go down, when when Tom Brady gets put in the record books as, and everybody's you know talking about all his different numbers and, and all this stuff, and rightfully so. I am with you in the idea that I hate Tom Brady to the point where I feel that in the record books there should be an asterisk next to his name that's a, next, next to his name. To, next that, to some of them. That, that says, it says Deflategate, Spygate, Parts 1 and 2. Um, uh, he's, you know, he, right, at, at this overall point, cheater. he does have two bowls that, that he, that he full-fledgedly earned. Yeah, but the, I... Uh, would be the Rams year and, and, the, and the Falcons year. Right. His, but, his most recent two. But, uh, well... The Falcons year wasn't Spygate Part Two going on. No, they have, they have been out. They've been out of the spotlight for a while now. Okay. Well, I I knew there was a more recent one that came when they were scout doing that to the Bengals. But I, I just look at Tom Brady and and I hate Tom Brady too. I get it. But I have hated Aaron Rodgers. He's the bane of my existence. I hate Sean Payton. He's the bane of my existence. Um, and and we as Vikings fans don't want to see the Packers sniffing around near a Super Bowl at all. 
I cannot stand another year of them running around calling Green Bay title town and all this bullshit. <laughs> you, you can cram it. I don't want it. I'm not going to deal with it. They're an interdivision rival. I don't want it. And I'm glad the Saints went down. I'm glad that they're going home and they're going on the couch. I'd rather see Tom Brady go to the bowl and lose. That way we don't have to hear about Packers in the bowl. We don't have to worry about Saints being in the bowl, which are the two biggest problems. But if Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl, the big thing about this, and, and as much as you hate Brady, the big thing for me is if he goes, at least there's a little asterisk there as well. Not for this year. Absolutely there is. And the reason there's an, there's an asterisk there is because he left a, a, a team with, with questionable players and went to a team with an embarrassment of riches. And, and you can't tell me that he doesn't have an embarrassment well, of riches on fault. the offense. And it's not his fault. But where he signed predicates where they are. I Tom, mean, Tom Brady. I, mean, I do, but we don't. We don't asterisk from Terry Bradshaw. And he had more riches than. than uh, I don't know he has about twice the riches. No, he had the I best. De- he had the best defense and like the best receivers in the league, and the best line and the best everything. His receivers were overrated, but I, I look at. No, he was overrated. Well, he Lynn was, Swan is arguably the greatest receiver of all time. Absolutely he bailed, not. He bailed Bradshaw out. Time in, time out. Swan was overrated, but he was a bailout guy, and and that's what, what his calling part is. I don't like Lynn Swan. I think he's overrated as well. But in the same way, I think Steve Largent is overrated. I think Largent got way too much love for a guy that was only putting up 700, 800 yards throughout his career and never broke 1,000. But <clears throat> I digress. You go over to, to Brady. He has an embarrassment of riches on that team. You got a guy who's supposedly the GOAT. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got Cameron Braid. He's got O.J. Howard. He's got Leonard Fournette. He's got Ronald Jones. He's got a, a fantastic defense a fantastic young defense um i just look at this guy and i go you know what like i said he's got an embarrassment of riches and even then it's debatable about how good he is he's he's, he's also 43 it's aaron Rodgers is getting up there he's still playing as and aaron Rodgers has just as much riches as he's got I don't know. About Godwin's that. overrated. He's, he's made good by a good good quarterback. Godwin's overrated. Godwin's overrated. Uh, I don't know about Godwin being overrated. Godwin has played. Evans is a true talent. Evans, I think they're both true talents. I really do. I think they're both. They're both. Uh, I think they're both kind of high end. Well, middle of the road number ones, really. But you, you can't asterisk someone. And trust me, I, I would love to asterisk Tom Brady all freaking day. Yeah. You can't asterisk him over having a good team. I, I can't. I well, I can look at this this team and just say, look, he's got he's got a great team around him. Um, I'd rather see him go, and I'd rather see him because because you, you could you could ask for a, a, a shit ton of teams based on having a good team. So you, you, you go down a, a very bad radical at that point. Um, Spygate and Deflategate, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Tuck but, rule, tuck rule. But if he wins the Super Bowl this year, it is his most precious win, the one he's earned the most. I don't know about that. New team, new offense is to be the one he earned the most. Uh, I hope he goes to the bowl and I hope he loses, but I think the Packers are going to win this game. And I'm also going Packers here as well. I think yeah. Rodgers is going is to continue his high octane offense and we're going to keep up. And and one guy that, that – so everybody talks about Aaron Jones and everybody talks about Devontae Adams in these situations. Everybody's been talking about those two guys on this offense like it's nobody's business. But a guy that hasn't been getting enough love – and, and I just like him a lot. I, I hate him and I love because where he plays, but I like him as a receiver. Is that Alan Lazard? I like Lazard. Alan Lazard has come out of nowhere as an undrafted guy and has just been a beast. He's been a clutch player for this football team. 
and 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 there's another guy on that team too. Robert Tanya has shown up out of nowhere. Um, he had a little lull about midway through the season, and he's not been like you're not going to put him in your great tight ends list. No, but he gets the job done when he's needed. He's still young. When you call his when you call his number, he's yep. he's still young though, and he's got a lot of tread on the t- he's, he's got a lot of tread on the tires. I think that guy is going to wind up, he could wind up being a great tight end in this league. So far, he's been very, very good, and him and Lazard are the, kind of the unsung heroes of that football team right now. Um, I, I like it. Yeah, because Lazard's past Scantling at this point for me. Yeah, I, a lot of people talk about Valdo Scantling. and eh, he's, okay. a, he's a good three. He's a deep ball guy. That's a, he's their vertical threat, and that's about all he is. But he, and, and Rodgers likes to throw that deep ball to him a lot. I, I've noticed that a lot more from Aaron Rodgers in the past year than I have any other time with Valdez Scantling was around. But I believe that that uh, the Packers win this football game. I, I'm we're on the same page here. Uh, and and if they're going to win this game, it's going to be on the arm of Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to be on on the running. I, I don't think Aaron Jones. Is I would agree. Guy. So there's that. The next game we've got the Bills and the Chiefs. Now this is where things get a little hairy. Okay, we both. Like the Bills. I'm going Bills here. And I'm going Bills just because I believe in the Buffalo Bills. I really do. I think last week was a uh, weird game for both Bills and Ravens. Yep. It was a defensive-driven game. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs' defense is a far cry worse than Bills or Ravens. Yes. I think the uh, – and I made the bold prediction last week that the team who won that game would win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I'm – Stick with it for, for now. Yeah. Um, I, I think the Bills are going to go in and upset the Chiefs this week. I'm also going to Bills. Yep. Uh, Bills, uh, so they're, they're playing in Kansas City. The Bills are the underdogs here. Um, Mahomes is set to play. He, he's, you know, according to what we're told, whether or not he's going to be on a, a timeshare or what, we don't know. But as it stands right now, he's cleared concussion pro- protocols according to him. Uh, whether or not the, the Chiefs are going to clear him to play or they're going to stick Chad Henney in the game or what, we don't know. We don't know if, if Mahomes is. So the Bills are preparing for both quarterbacks at this as of this moment. As they should. And, and that's good. So the Buffalo Bills defense looked great. I've been talking for weeks about Tredavious White, and Tredavious White has looked good. And I want to talk about another guy on that defense, Matt Milano. Milano has looked fantastic. And and you you nobody talks about this guy, but he was all over the field all last week. I like Milano, good I player. Play, I do too. He's been playing great, great football. The Bills need a running game, but in this in this situation, it's not going to matter because the Chiefs, their bread and butter is that front four. That's that's the Chiefs' bread and butter, and and particularly on the ends with Clark and Jones. That's that's their their those are their babies right there. So if the Bills are going to win this game, it's going to be through the air. It's going to be hitting Stephon Diggs, and it's going to be you know hitting John Brown. It's going to be hitting Gabriel Davis. Josh Allen's going to have to get it done with his arm, and uh, the the Chiefs are going to have to figure out a way to slow him down. They're, 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 it's going to be about rushing rushing and trying to keep him keep him in the pocket, make him leave the pocket and, and frustrate him. Yeah, because they know they're not running. They're not running the ball. Um, Devin Singletary has not played well. Because last week, in a game that should have been a run game, the Bills ran it one time in the first half. Right. In a in a win-driven game, and they're yep. still passing. That should tell you how much they don't trust their, their run game. Yeah, and and I think 
when it comes to this upcoming offseason, you're going to see the Bills addressing that running game. But, I have faith in Zach Moss, but he's obviously hurt. He's hurt. I, I don't have really faith in either one. I, I think if the Bills are smart, they're going to go out and they're going to draft a, a Travis Etchan if they can get a hold of him. Uh, one of those big-name running backs that, that's going to wind up being out there, uh, that cat from Alabama, I think would be another good good selection. Um yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, uh, an, inter- an entertaining game, to say the least. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what we saw earlier on in the season. I think this is going to be a tight one. I think you're going to see Mahomes a little uh, uh, jittery. I don't think he's going to be coming out, you know, firing like he, he normally does. This is going to be an interesting situation. I think the Chiefs are activating a guy with a, a, an actual brain injury a little early. What I saw last week when he stood up, the lights were on, but nobody was home. He was lost. Where am I? You can see that glazed over look in his eyes. And, and even the announcer said, if that's not a concussion, I don't know what is. I'm telling you, if that wasn't a concussion, I don't know what is. Um, to me, this is this is a no, well, it's not a no-brainer, but to me, this is, this is Buffalo's game to lose. I, I think Buffalo, even though the Chiefs are favored, I think it's Buffalo games to, Buffalo's game to lose. I'm going with the Bills in this one. I think you're going to see Buffalo Bills. And I'm hoping Tampa Bay Bucks, but you're probably seeing Bills and Packers in the Super Bowl. Yeah, as long as I'm the Bucks. <laughs> I'll sell my soul to Devil. Oh, gosh. So that's what we got. Um, Tyler, are you excited for championship weekend? For championship day tomorrow? Nope. Um, so uh, you, know, you were talking about the Mahomes injury. Uh-huh. With, um, the lights are on, but nobody's home. Mm-hmm. The lights for football are on, but no, one, no one's home to give a shit. I'm, I'm still sulking, so... Oh, really? You're not going to watch? I'm going to watch. You, you know that meme with, like, the uh, the old couple and they're, they're, they're angry and the, the old guys have the umbrella over, the, over their heads? Like, yeah. I'm mad at you, but I still care. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Oh. I'm going to watch football, but I'm not happy about it. Well, <laughs> it'll be fine. You will be fine. Uh, Ty, you're you're going to sulk right through the Super Bowl, aren't you? We'll see. <laughs> If if it's if it's Bills Packers, I I won't talk. I'll be I'll be happy again. I'm I'm gonna be feeling good. Um, so so this tomorrow I'll be watching the games, and then two weeks from from uh, tomorrow, I will be up north. I'm excited to be joining our our good friend of the show, uh, Alex, and our good friends of the show rather, Alex and Andrew Steele. Alex has been on here in the past, um, and hopefully Alex will get back on here. I'm excited to be be joining them up in Traverse City. Um, going to be a good time. Going to have some beers, watch the game, uh, really enjoy ourselves. They're they're uh, they're going to be hosting. And on top of it all, they they want to celebrate my birthday with me, so that'll be exciting. My birthday uh, will be coming up in, in in February, so I'll be the big thirty four, which is going to be exciting. Tyler, hope you're, hope you're fired up for that. You ready for that? Getting old? Yeah, I know. Well, they're going to be making that delicious peanut butter pie. So uh, I'm I'm excited because we we had peanut butter pie the last time I we went up and it's the most dense pie. Oh Jesus Christ! We have breaking news. We have breaking news, Tyler. We have breaking news. Sorta, sorta. It's the next episode in Deshaun Watson saga. Oh no! Deshaun Watson reportedly would prefer to play for the Jets over the Dolphins. Oh boy. We already talked about what teams must have played for. Oh man, it, it, this this is getting it, it's becoming an interesting situation. He wants a trade and he wants out unless they give him what he wants. This is like we it's sort of prima donna stuff. It sort yeah. of is. 
I mean, and and now it's starting to look like like teams are are wanting him, but it could become a cancerous situation. No, I, I think when he's when he's when he's happy, it's fine. I think the problem is that teams are going to want him, but it's going to cost you your firstborn child. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. It's going to get crazy. So Deshaun Watson, the Jets over Miami, and really, I wouldn't want to go to Miami either because people are are screaming for Tua. I still, even though he didn't play that well, people are still screaming for Tua. He's getting benched. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Tua, but we, we've known that. But if you go to Miami, though, it wouldn't be Tua. It'd be Watson. But... Yeah, it would be Watson until something bad happened. Until Watson did something stupid or, or threw a three-pick game. Then it would be, put Tua in. Put Tonga Veloa in. <laughs> you know it would. So, but I'm like I was saying, I'm pretty excited to be going up to the Steel Boys. They're making a, a this excited, this amazing peanut butter pie that they made, and and I, it's so dense that it made my my stomach just bloat. And and I was up there with with my buddy Verdi, and you know our buddy Verdi, you know, and and Verdi and I were just sitting there on the uh, the couch, just holding our bellies, like oh god, it's so dense, it's so good. It's the most delicious peanut butter pie. So I'm excited to go up there and eat peanut butter pie. And Alex will be making buffalo dip. We're, we're stoked. We're going to be watching the Super Bowl in Traverse City, um, the wife and I. So we're, it's going to be a good time. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm going to be happy for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> You're like, I'm still mad because football. Because Brady. And once Brady gets eliminated, I'll be looking forward to Just that. Just retire. <laughs> just go away. You just hate him, don't you? <laughs> so football is like, going to be exciting. Like, 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 I'm, 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 I'm sure most people imagine like just like I, I wake up in the middle of the night, I, I hear something moving, and the and the boogie Brady comes out of the closet, scares the shit out of me. No, Please, then, go away. No, no. Then he wants to kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> so uh, that's all we got today for the outside blitz, um, Tyler. Uh, next week we're going to have the the uh, return of Tyler's top ten, Freytown's Forgotten Five. So we'll be excited for that one. Um, I'm going to also have a uh, some Freytown's Forgetful Five uh, going into next week, not based on the games, but we're going to be doing it based on the entire NFL season, most forgetful players of the entire season, top five from me. So uh, we're, we're going to be looking at that. Um, I'm excited, and uh, uh, like I said a million freaking times today, it's going to be a great time. So we'll have the return of that stuff. We'll be going into their Super Bowl predictions. We'll be talking a little bit about the offseason. We're going to go through some of the teams that are going to be making some huge free agent moves in the offseason. We might have some more coaching carousel. Going to be a good time, Tyler. Hope you're fired up. I am. And uh, that's all we got for today. Uh, We want to thank our sponsor at It's Your Time Massage. It's Your Time Massage. Tyler, have you gotten... A massage yet? Don't get angry. You need a massage. I'm a little tense. (laughs) (laughs) Have you gotten a massage? Uh Uh-oh, he's getting tense. We might go off the air for six months. No, hey. Hey, hey now. Ouch. Ouch. Have you gotten a massage, Tyler? No, I have not. Okay, go get a freaking massage. Jerk. But um, thank you so much for listening, folks. And uh, we'll see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.